Right, okay. Um, hello, and welcome to Cast a Pod to your Witcher. I'm your co-host Dov. I'm your co-host Aaron. And I'm your co-host Mags. And today we're discussing the last short story in the Sword of Destiny anthology, Something More. Um, I'm really excited to, to talk about this one. Um, it's one of my favorite stories. I think it's just really beautifully written. You know, just for our show only listeners, um, this is roughly the last episode of the show, but it is pretty dramatically different from how it was um, presented. Um, and I think um, because of the way the previous story, Sword of Destiny, was handled, um, I just it, I think it has a lot more um, emotional salience. It's a really simple story, um, you know, just told through a series of flashbacks covering what basically Geralt's been been up to and, and his path towards Ciri. But um, so much of the beauty of it is in the writing and in being in Geralt's head. So I think we'll, we'll try to convey that as well as we can. But the, 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 the progress of the plot is very simple, but the, the writing is very beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not a huge amount in terms of volume actually happens. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. lo- a lot is described. Um, yeah, I think is how to see it. A lot, a lot. There's, there's a lot of events, but they're not it, like it's. He doesn't like exactly go into any long, vivid descriptions of scenery or yeah. food. You know, the full time mm-hmm. that passes is maybe like a day or two. <laughs> in, yeah, in, in the yeah. lore. <laughs> but um, in terms of what actually happens, a lot of um, self-learning about Geralt happens. Yeah, um, and Indeed. all that kind of thing you learn about. <laughs> Lots of flashbacks, lots of yeah, that the, sort and of the thing. Th- oh, it's just yeah. I think it's kind of a nice microcosm of the kind of the series as a whole in terms of the story, because you've got lots of Geralt being in pain, but then Geralt having nice memories and you know the touching on the nature of his love and all that kind of stuff. It's it's good. I am H O. Um, yeah. Yeah. So just so dive in. <laughs> to to introduce, it's, it's like the TV series. You know, he's. There is a poor fellow who is next to this cart full of goods, and he's taken a shortcut, and it's not—it's not the good shortcut. It's not a good idea, and he's ended up basically above a ravine filled with like skulls and bones, and his cart's broken, and his pals have all run away, and uh, a white-haired horseman, um, i.e. Geralt, turns up and sort of says, "What are you doing, you fool?" Um, <laughs> and says, yeah, you know, you you might want to abandon all this stuff and make a run for it because you're dead otherwise. Um, until <laughs> Geralt again uh, invokes the law of surprise. Yes, yes, because 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 the merchant the merchant goes just just help me out here. You know, I'll do whatever. I'll probably yeah, see- I can't abandon this. This is my whole year's earnings. Like, I, I, I'd rather die than abandon it. So, you know, what, whatever your price, I'll give you whatever you want. And Geralt really makes him repeat that. You'll give me whatever I want. <laughs> and then Geralt the has a whole, what the hell am I doing moment, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you'll give me, you'll After give me what, 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 expect, what, you, what, what you'll find at home but do not expect, etc. Yes. You know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I like that. Um, I like that Geralt 
is he 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 seems conflicted in himself with the fact that he's done this. Yeah. Again. Basically it, after it, everything. It does it does perplex <laughs> me because like I mean Geralt, what were you expecting to happen this time? Like 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 <laughs> <laughs> like the last time the last time you did it like kind of ended in semi disaster um <laughs> you know, what is he expecting here exactly well i mean as we will learn from the the flashbacks he's been through a lot and is i think at this point trying to process the scale of the loss that he's facing because it is very recent and he's had no way to work on it, right? Yeah, I, but but yes. then, but 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 that doesn't really answer the question of why would you invoke the law of surprise again, Geralt? You idiot! <laughs> like, <laughs> learn your lesson, boy. <laughs> learn your lesson, boy. <laughs> so what happens then is, um, you know, Geralt proceeds to defend Yorga from what is it ghouls it's neckers i think uh, like neckers. at least at least the tv series depicts it as neckers i would guess it's neckers like like the okay they 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 the description sounds like neckers to me i love the description of them it's so cool like their movements are described as like you know staccato movements which is such an evocative phrase yeah and, you know they're sort of standing like herons and things like that it's just so brilliant the way he describes them yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in the process of defending uh, Jurga, the merchant, uh, Geralt is injured quite badly, and um, Jurga, uh, much as in the show, um, instead of leaving Geralt behind, as would happen in many another grim dark series, um, pulls him into the cart and tries to bring him to to help. Yeah. Um, um, and fortunately, fortunately. Um, at this point, Yurga's men have returned, so he's not left trying to lift a giant Geralt all by himself. <laughs> the precious cargo of one <laughs> aged himbo. Lots of rags and one himbo. Yes. So yeah, he, he's, take, he's taken all of his potions and everything as well which is basically keeping him alive at this point as he's bleeding out in the back of this um wagon yeah Yorga's trying to patch him up as much as he can but he you know he's just a merchant he doesn't know what he's doing and so Geralt instructs him on how to give him one of his elixirs uh which is also hallucinogenic and we start getting flashbacks to Geralt's memories yes um yes and the First one we get is oh this is my favorite one this is one of my favorite moments in the whole series this flashback I love it so much yes um they they go back to Bellatine yes he remembers the last time they met Yennefer he met Yennefer yes yes and it's yeah he went back to Bellatine and it's just a you know a festival of hedonism everyone's getting getting wrecked and shagging and he finds Yennefer has in the process of enchanting a man because she's bored and then yes and he'd been about to go off with a girl but she saw his eyes and recoiled so it's sort of a bit of a night for both of them yes Uh, (laughs) and so inevitably yeah it's like let's not do this again you know let's not fall into this again Uh, but they do yeah because they always do they do 
there's like two bits of this that I just, I really, I really love. So Beltane, you know, she talks a lot about how this is, you know, the, the cycle of nature renewing itself and, and the people coming together to sort of shed their, their, you know, moral restraints for one night. And, um, when, when they're talking about whether or not they should, you know, have a Beltane night of their own, she says, uh, there's this part where she says Beltane, um, she suddenly snapped and he felt the arm she was pressing against his chest stiffen and tauten. They're enjoying themselves. They're celebrating the eternal cycle of nature regenerating itself and us. What are we doing here? We relics doomed to obliteration, to extinction and oblivion. Nature is born again. The cycle repeats itself, but not for us, Geralt. We cannot reproduce ourselves. We are deprived of that potential. We were given the ability to do extraordinary things with nature, occasionally literally against her. And at the same time, what is most natural and simple in nature was taken from us. What if we live longer than them? After our winter will come the spring and we shall not be reborn. What finishes will finish along with us. But both you and I are drawn to those bonfires through our presence, though our presence here is a wicked, blasphemous mockery of this world. Oof, yen. Yeah. yeah. Some self-esteem issues there. <laughs> yeah. It, there's a lot of um, pro-choice overtones in this story, ex- explicitly so. Um, you know, about yes they have well it, it comes up in other a bit later on but it's sort of intimated here as well you know you people should have a choice about these sort of things but that was ripped from us um or yes. that kind of thing and it's yes yeah this particular outburst i know again deals with her infertility repeatedly throughout the series but this repeat this particular outburst with its emphasis on like that sort of ability being taken from them against their wills uh, feels like a lot of the place that, that the show Yennefer's sort of response to this is pulled from. I just, like, I just really love sort of looking at the details of, of, of the stories and seeing where, where Lauren, who is obviously like a huge fan of the books and has gone through them with a fine-tooth comb, sort of takes her inspirations from and this sort of feels like one of them, you know? Yeah, and it's, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much going on in this scene that it's, you know, they eventually do fall into each other and there's another sex scene which is just really really well written and painfully romantic and yeah it is oh this one is my favorite one in the whole series um so you know how i listened to these as audiobooks the first time i read them i was like walking down buchanan street when i got to that part yeah went a little weak in the knees um I need a, a, a wee glass of water and I sit <laughs> oh my <laughs> I'll, I'll come over like a Victorian lady <laughs> very much so <laughs> but it is it's you know I, I was sat up and buried like oh gosh this is fruity stuff it's, it's just yeah Sapic is really good about writing sexy romantic sex without overtly going into the mechanics of it and just but just hinting at it and the sort of amorphousness of what sex is really i guess would be a really yeah, pretentious just way like, of putting it <laughs> he sort of like evokes the sensuality of it without having to be like extremely explicit he's just he's so good most fantasy authors are so bad at this and he's so good <laughs> but, and the thing is when he is when he writes bad sex he does it for a reason um, yes. like later on in the books obviously there are bits where he writes about really awful weird uncomfortable sexual things as well but that's it's done because the people explicitly doing it are weirdos yeah 
Yes, exactly. Yes. It's, it's done very intentionally yes. to evoke like, discomfort, whereas in this case, where he is evoking, you know, wistful feelings of romance and, you know, broken heartedness you know, like, and think, that kind I of think stuff, just, it's like... like... Yeah, like, I think, I think he just, like, understands the very basic fucking thing that, like, you know, if you're going to write a sex scene, um, it needs to fundamentally reflect something about the interaction of those two characters that you're writing it about. Um, yeah, no, no one needs to hear, uh, you know, about the physical mechanics of PIV sex. No one needs that. We all know. Yeah. Just, but but you know. Yeah, and the, what if it you do want to, to hear about it, that's that that's when you go to books that are specifically dedicated to that purpose. Yes. Like exactly. Um, or you know, Ao3, <laughs> one or the other. Like, um, like whereas whereas like you know like um, here it's about Geralt and Yen's relationship and what. It's like, just like, like the way it's written. The sex is, is there like... for a reason. Yes. Yes. And, oh gosh, the follow-up lines after that. You know, one of the reasons Yen had said that she didn't want them to to have to, 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 to do it that night was that for them it could never just be Beltane. It was always going to be too much. It, it was never just going to be that one night like it could be for everyone else. Mm. And when they're, when they're sort of done and she says, you know, Geralt, it'll be dawn soon. Um, have I hurt you? And he replies a little. And she says, "Will it begin again?" And he says, "It never ended." And yeah. that just oh, it's oh, so romantic. My heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something uh, really there, you know, like about how this is a celebration. Ultimately, like you know. For everyone who, for whom it's just one night, it's they're, you know they're young people having fun, and here you have these two, like like the, the best the best way to describe it is like you know already quite aged individuals who have seen like cumulatively about two centuries of experience. Yeah, um, they've, they've, they've like, had a lot of s- mechanical sex. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like like no, but like in the sense of like you know um. They are old people, right? Like, 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 th- like their their struggles are, like, in Yennefer's case, possibly about two centuries old, and Geralt's about fifty to sixty years old. Like, you know, like there's there's a real thing going on there where, like, where, like, um, the uh, like the reason why they like you know like d- like besides for the fact that like. For them, it's just much more intense than for everyone else. Like, that it can't be just Velatine and, like, just that night. Like, you know, it's... Like, like there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's really something there, like, with, like where, where, like, you know, um, they try to engage in, essentially, like, a very young person's holiday. Because essentially, it's essentially, like... <laughs> like a 40-year-old you know, going right? to Magaluf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's, like... To like you oh, know, it's like fucking... a forty-year-old divorcee going to Megaloof and running into their actual ex-partner. It's like it's like two very good forty-five-year-olds going to Megaloof and running into each other into into their ex-partner. Yeah. <laughs> uh... While all the young <laughs> but, people um... around are having fun, you know, not committal, uh, get wasted. Um, I don't know what people do. Fornication. I'm not British. It's not. It's not part of my culture. <laughs> Um, I've never I, been uh, either. Same. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> <play>. <laughs> uh, 
Like, but, 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 you know, like, I imagine that, like, it's, there, there's something there. Yeah. And, um, part of what's there is, of course, there's their series of traumas and all the things they've been told about each other and what they're meant to mean to each other. And, you know, the, her parting words to Geralt uh, is, is to recall what, uh, Borch, Three Jackdaws, told them back in the, in the dragon story which is, you know, we're made for each other, perhaps we're destined for each other, but nothing will come of it. Um, we too, destined for each other, created for each other. The ones who create, the one or ones who created us for each other ought to have made more of an effort. Destiny alone is insufficient. It's too little. Something more is needed. <laughs> and then tells him that he has to go and he has to find Siri, and they, they have to part. Yeah, she tells him to go to Sintra. And this is, I suppose that's about yeah. the ambiguity about, you know, that nothing will come of this really stems from isn't it it's you know he might have meant it one way but fundamentally it was about something physical <laughs> you know a child can't come of this when it's, yes. it's what Yennefer wanted all along um, and what Geralt fundamentally needs um, rather than what he wants and uh, mm-hmm. and of course after this we get um, it cutting back to Geralt being sober um, but in great pain <laughs> in the back of the wagon. Yes, yes with Yurga. And um, he tries to thank Yurga for saving his life. And Yurga is just... I mean, I stand Yurga. He's just such a decent person. Yurga's mm. a lot. Um, like, Yurga's he's, just like, he's what the I did best was just... guy. Like... <laughs> he's like, oh, it was just ordinary what I did. And, and Geralt's like... you saying like no like you saved my you know, life in, in, mate yeah you saved my life i've been left in similar situations like a dog and he's just like well it's a base world but there's no reason for us to all become so despicable what we need is kindness my father taught me that and i teach it to my sons oh, i stand yurga yurga is he's a good, a good boy in a world of bad boys <laughs> yeah indeed for real uh. and Geralt sort of re- requests another one of his elixirs from yurga and yurga pours it out for him and we get another flashback Yes. Whereas Geralt um, has gone to Sintra. Yeah, this this is where Geralt, you know, goes back to Sintra and is trying to, you know, in his dream, come back and claim the child of destiny. And Calanth basically, you know, tries to trick him. Um, and Mousesack informs him as well, you know, that at one point, you know, he was going to kill... Um, the Witcher, but then changed her mind, and most like, oh, I would never would have done this, or even tried. Um, and yeah, there's a there's a lot really. Yeah. <laughs> so we find out um, in the scene also where he's talking to Mousak and Mousak saying that yeah, that Clanthy would have um, for for a moment anyway wanted me to kill the child to cheat you out of it. Also informs Geralt that Duni and Pavetta died in a very mysterious circumstance that there was a surprise storm and not a single splinter of the ship was found and that it was also a very inexplic- inexplicable matter wait, that the wait, child wait, was not wait, with wait, them wait. at the time. Does, does, the, does the English translation says that um, like Calanthe asked like Mousak to kill the child? Because I think that's a mistake. The Lithuanian one is pretty clear that Mousak was asked to kill Geralt. Yeah, it, it does say oh. in the English that um, it was implied that he wanted to kill the child. Um... And I think Geralt as well, separately. But uh, yeah, it's pretty. Room. Okay, wait. What's yeah. what's the phrase exactly in the English? I will. Fr- I'll read you exactly what it says. Yeah. 
she is a woman of iron. I shall tell you something, something I ought not to say in the hope you'll understand. I hope too you will not betray me before her. Speak. When the child was born six years ago, she summoned me and ordered me to cheat you and kill it. Yeah, no, um, like the Lefaitia, the Lefaitia just says, she ordered me to find you and kill you. Like, well, or rather, it says, it says, and this makes grammatical sense in Lufanian, uh, It she ordered me to find you and kill. Like, however, uh. that implies Geralt, because the mouse sack then continues talking about how he was about to leave the castle. And the summary of the short story on on the website says that uh, Bowsack was meant to kill Geralt. So I'm pretty sure that's that's a bad translation in the English. That's a pretty significant oh. mistranslation. It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty significant mistranslation. Um, <laughs> well, Sasha, if you want to, if you want to, like, let us know. <laughs> yeah, like Sasha, please confirm. But I'm pretty sure that in this case, for starters, I don't believe Bowsack would have like agreed. And second of all, it doesn't make sense, like because Siri was at the castle. He wouldn't have to leave to anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd interpreted when it says I was prepared to take to the road, it meant like he was going to flee rather than like straight up refuse her, but not do it. Um, but uh, yeah, that makes more sense that no. he was ordered to kill Geralt. That makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this. I don't think Bowsack would have ever. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. So sad. So suddenly, like the fucking English translation just made it much more dramatic. That's um, yeah. Yeah, but this is also something to remind uh, the readers or the listeners. Sorry, that the English translation of Sword of Destiny was for some reason not available until long after all of the novels. Which is like this wasn't translated. A Decisions in- were made. Yeah. <laughs> Decisions were made. So like th- some weird shit happened with the English translation of this book. So like. Shrug. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some weird shit going on, guys. Just just keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we learned that um, yeah, Duty and Pavetta died in mysterious circumstances in a shipwreck where like not a single splinter of the ship was found, and we also learned that it was an inexplicable matter that the child was not with them at the time. So weird destiny stuff um, happening. And while they're talking, there's a there's a band of children sort of running around, making noise and playing and being a bit raucous. Um, and then Geralt goes to speak to Calanthe. Yes. Yeah, this is Gosh, this is where scene. the overtly pro-choice bit comes in. It's before, like, before, not even before, up for discussion. Before, before he does speak to Calanthe, um, there is one moment. Um, yeah. he witnesses Siri for the first time. Yes. Like, oh yes, yes, in passing. The, um, because he passes by a bunch of kids playing at the courtyard. And there's mostly yes. just boys, but there is one girl. Um, yes. And there's this quite sweet passage that there's one little boy who's not quite keeping up with all of them, and he, he sort of falls and hurts himself, and it says, the other boys surrounded him, jeering and mocking, and then ran on. The little girl knelt by the little boy, hugged him and wiped away his tears, smudging dust and dirt all over his face. Hmm. It's like, oh, Siri's such a sweet kid before all the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, yeah, she's already had a little bit of trauma, but yes. Yeah, she's she yeah she has dead parents, so you know that's suboptimal. Yeah, but and then the and then yeah. the kind of horrible they just sailed out to sea and didn't return way at that. Yes, like yes, as we'll remember later in Blood of Elves, there is a scene about where she flashbacks about that. Indeed, um, so 
when Geralt meets Calanthe, she it's a bit fractious and she sort of is a bit hostile for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. And sort of starts spinning spinning a story of what the singers will say in in the future about their meeting. But essentially it boils down to she offers him a choice. He gets one chance to choose among all of those children playing outside. And if he chooses correctly, he's chosen correctly and has the child of destiny. If he chooses incorrectly, he can still take that child with him to become a witcher. And this is where Calanthe reveals that she has been spending the last six years doing her research. <clears throat> yes. yes, into the trial she of the grasses and the, the trial of the grasses. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, so she knows things that people who aren't witchers should not know, basically. Yeah. Uh, and Geralt's like, well, we, we don't even call it that. You know, we don't even speak its name. Um, clearly, obviously traumatized by the whole thing because, you know, you're The witcher's code something. is a convenient excuse, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And if you were put through something that killed six out of your ten friends, then uh, you might be a little bit shook up about it, really. Yeah. Like, and as she highlights as well, it's only just the trial of the grasses. The other challenges also kill you. So, like... Yes. Yeah, there's the selection, the trial of the grasses, and then the changes, um, is what she says. And you people boys will die at, at, at all stages of this um i just the 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 things she describes oh 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 important oh yeah yeah, yeah. cat eyes yes yeah. it's explicitly, yeah, yeah. explicitly mentioned well. cat eyes for the first time <laughs> yeah no no it was mentioned in the yeah. last one as well remember because he mentioned he can narrow his slits like a cat or something yeah, yeah. this one's the first yes. that describes them overtly as cat eyes maybe. yeah yeah it's becoming more apparent because there's a in the previous mention it's like he's voluntarily controlling it and then earlier in this story when the girl recoils it says like his eyes involuntarily narrowed so like it's becoming much more like they are cat eyes and you can't control it the longer the story goes mm-hmm. um right i found it so yeah so she says that she's found out you know how many children in 10 withstand the trial of the grasses three at most four in 10 uh first the choice then the trials then the changes how many youngsters ultimately receive medallions and silver swords one in 10 one in 20 i've come to the conclusion that selection of the children at this stage at the stage of the choice has scant significance. What difference does it make in the end, Geralt? Which child dies or goes insane, stuffed full of narcotics? What difference does it make whose brain bursts from hallucination, whose eyes rupture and gush forth instead of becoming cat's eyes? What difference does it make whether the child of destiny, whether the child of destiny, the child destiny chose or an utterly chance one dies in its own blood and puke? Answer me. Like, fuck. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's, uh... No, I mean, yeah. once again, she, she highlights, as I've said many times, the fundamental brutality of why... Le- I mean, like, let's be real here a little bit. Not to the point that, like, that hatred eventually boiled over to, but society does have some reason to loathe the witchers. Yeah, it's they, yes. they probably shouldn't have been, you know, pogroms against them and massacred, but... The but, fact they stopped making them probably on balance is a yeah. Good like thing. I was, I was gonna say they shouldn't have been pogromed, but arguably they should have never been created in the first place. <laughs> yes, um, and they certainly shouldn't have perpetuated um, themselves by constant, you know, yeah. 
manip like you know because it does sound like they would habitually indeed manipulate the law of surprise as a thing to yes. get well, children. Oh yeah, they can. They would you know if you did a job for a poor person and they can't pay in cash, they would pay in children. Yeah. Um, which is you know a bit of a tax on <laughs> a little bit of a tax on a the tax pure. in kind really just like yeah. in a very horrible kind um yeah so um well, the worst thing is is he he kind of calls her out on this though like after telling him how terrible the trial of the grasses are and uh, you know she tells him and then he's like yeah you're correct in your deductions Calanthe basically um but you know, so why are you giving me this other child, basically? Yeah. Um, and and she says, ah, damn it, it is only the child trial of the grass is hazardous. Do only potential whis- witchers take risks? Life is full of hazards. Selection also occurs in life, Geralt. Misfortune, sickness, and wars also select. And then she says, defying destiny may be just as hazardous as succumbing to it. I would give you the child, but I'm afraid to. So she's almost for a minute willing to give him Siri, but she's afraid. Yeah, like a uh, Bukalanthi right kind of seems to almost believe that perhaps there is something behind all this talk of destiny. It's um, yes. it's Geralt who seems fairly skeptical of the concept. <laughs> yes. And she's also been doing her research into Geralt. She says that Mausak told her that Geralt was also a child of destiny, but Geralt denies this and says he was just a foundling from a mother who didn't want him, basically. Yes. And that she was a sorceress. Yeah. Um, Here it's worth mentioning which that, Which is like... interesting. Sorry, yeah, go on. Pardon? I was saying, because it's interesting, because of course we've, we've all been told that sorceresses can't, and that's what Calanthe says too. And Geralt says, you know, presumably that's what she thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just like, you know, um, it is mentioned later on that, like, um, some sorceresses just don't lose that ability. Um, yes. Like, they just don't, because, like, the. Like, Unlike in the TV series, the fucking, like, ability to bear children, like, normally atrophies from sorceresses, like, as part of the biological changes mm-hmm. of using magic. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, so, like, yeah. um, but sometimes, sometimes they just don't by <laughs> sheer dumb luck, I guess. So, you know, yeah. Point being, though, like, we, we do know that, like, um, um, Geralt's mom is, is a druid, um, who obviously does not follow quite the same rules as sorcerers all the time. Um, like, and, um, it's actually interesting, like, it has, it, since we found out that, uh, Vicenna was a druid, it's always been interesting to me that it's Mausak who told Kalanthi that falsehood that Geralt was a child of surprise. Because Abysak is obviously yes. also a druid, and you know, druids seem like the kind yes. of cast where like you kind of know everybody. I know it feels <laughs> like it feels yeah. like it feels like you you didn't like like druids from across different lands would end up knowing each other in druid conferences or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it just feels like a very you know you know how like sort of like you know like uh, really good architects all know each other. I feel like druids like kind of follow the same logic <laughs> just, yeah, yeah at any so level just... of academia is the same like most people at yes. the apex <laughs> of my industry kind of know each other yeah and um, and druids yes. druids seem like a pretty specialized role right so you'd i just feel like 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 mousak probably knew vicenna yeah 
it sort of seems like maybe he should have. And he, he seems to be the source of inf- Calanthe's information about Vicenna, so... Which, it's interesting yeah. that he then go, go, goes on to tell her a falsehood about yes. why Vicenna... I think if he wants to... Pres- yeah, right, okay, that's... Right. He hasn't <laughs> sort of become friendly with Geralt yet here, because like it seems like they seem friendly when they greet each other... Yeah, they're gone, they're on good terms. Year, but that's but six like, years later. You never than get this. any impre- you never get any reason yeah. to believe they're friends. Confusing right, canon sounds like a cover band of Imagine Dragons. This, yeah. <laughs> 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 Confusing canon, the the Witcher cast cover band. <laughs> So, sorry to interject uh, with that, but um, no, that's no, perfect. That is that's a fantastic for. name for a band. I fully agree. <laughs> um, yeah. So we do on on the topic of Vicenna. Yeah, we do. Geralt wakes up from this another hallucination, having had this. Oh, oh, oh! But we're not done. We didn't get to the pro-choice part yet. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. sorry. I'd alluded to it, but not explicitly gone into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 when we're talking about like the the the, the pro choice part, like I I mean I have to I have to stand for how how explicit this gets. So when we're talking about Geralt being a foundling and being abandoned by his sorceress mother, uh, Calanthe asks Geralt, um, you know, do do you hate the woman Geralt? And Geralt says, my mother, no, Calanthe. I presume she had a choice, uh, a choice which should be. Uh, a choice which should be respected for it is the holy and irrefutable right of every woman. <laughs> Emotions are unimportant here. She had the irrefutable right to her decision and she took it. And, you know, a little bit further, um, Calanthe responds by saying, uh, yes, you're right. Let's not discuss a woman's right to this decision because it is a matter beyond debate. <laughs> it's just like, hell yeah, Sapak. <laughs> yeah, it's very progressive for Con- considering a novel that, like, in the 90s. You know, like considering that it's it's for ni- it's from the nineties and it's also um, he was writing in Poland um, at the time. Uh, where, yes. like I mean, if I remember correctly, Sword of Destiny would have been like pretty early nineties. Um, like like these short stories would have yeah. been pretty early nineties stuff. Yeah, it was it was first published. Yeah. Um, like the the original Polish edition of Sword of Destiny was published in nineteen ninety two. Like of the entire anthology. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to remember that this was when, for the first time in Polish politics, um, the debate around abortion came up. Because it was also the height of JP two mania. I was a Catholic school kid in ninety two. I remember this. Yeah, especially in Poland. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> and and it it is actually quite a quite a poignant and meaningful um the commentary like on political affairs in poland and the world but specifically in poland as well at the time because it was in 1993 that they imposed what was called like so only a year after sort of destiny came out so like discussion about this would have been kicking about when sapek was writing the short the, the stories in short sort of destiny um it was in 1993 that they imposed what is called very misleadingly in Poland, the abortion compromise, um, mm-hmm. which is essentially what the what the laws in Poland are now, which is to say that there is a ban on abortion except in specific extreme cases. 
Um, so like what Ireland had until recently. Yes, uh, but like like it's it's a compromise. You see, like like the argument goes, um, mm. because it was a compromise between the position of um, liberals and leftists who wanted uh, abortion to remain legal, and uh, conservatives and the Catholic Church who wanted it banned altogether. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um, so they, so I don't think it was actually. It's the most nasty yeah, it, euphemism in Eastern European history, yeah. like and politics that exists. You know, like it's yeah, it's an utterly disgusting name. Yeah, I am under the impression it wasn't quite as bad as Ireland because life of the mother was one of the exceptions, and it wasn't in Ireland basically. Oh yeah, it wasn't they let in that Ireland. Poor... That yeah. well, that's they dark. let that Savita. Well, I mean, that was the whole thing. They let Savita Halapanavar die because the fetus had yeah. a, a heartbeat yeah. and she died of a septic miscarriage. Yeah, yes. I remember now, actually. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. That was a particularly um, horrifying. Poland was actually never as bad as Ireland's. Yeah. Uh, gods. Um, yeah. <laughs> Being a woman's real great. Just, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, right, so we get um, this lovely bit of pro-choice dialogue um, that is very important. Um, we get this idea that, that Calanthe w- is willing to hand over Siri, sort of um, because she is, she uh, she believes in destiny, but she's afraid to give her up. And then Geralt basically says, well, you know what, I reject my claim to the boy, or I renounce my claim to the boy. Um, I if, if destiny is going to have revenge on anybody for, for having, you know, refused it, it's me, not you. And um, Calanthe kind of goes back to him with, with one last line saying, you know, I know why you're declining the choice of the child. You're quitting because you don't believe in destiny because you're not certain. And you, when you are not certain, you begin to fear. Uh, that's what leads you is fear and you are afraid. And so they're both so afraid of what is going to happen. But Gerald ultimately says, destiny will have its revenge on me, not you for having, you, you tried to do the right thing and I've refused it. He's terribly wrong, but that's what he believes. And then he says he has a feeling this will be the last time he sees her, and they they, they, they bid each other farewell. And then he wakes up again. Before we get to that, though, there is there is one additional thing here that we kind of skipped over, which mm-hmm. I find interesting, which is uh-huh. possibly the only answer we actually have to why did Geralt choose to invoke the law of surprise? <gasps> yes. Like that's right. I've got this in my notes. Like too. this, this bit of yes. lore, basically, about like, like where, where she basically like calls him out on it and goes like, "Look, if you, you know, like, you can't trick me. You didn't promise us to swear for nothing. There is something at play here. Um, you're just afraid of taking on this child. Um." And like then, then they have a conversation where she asks him, "Are all the stories about the law of surprise only legends? Um, all of them. Um, accident is difficult to call destiny, but you witchers are still searching. We are, except this is pointless. Everything is pointless." Geralt does a wee bit, wee bit of nihilism there. Um, <laughs> Mm-hmm. nothing matters <laughs> nothing matters um like do you do you do you believe that the child of destiny will survive the um trials we believe that such a child will not need trials and this is interesting because this actually yes. seems to establish that there was some sort of like prophecy or lore that like the witchers had some... specifically 
And this mm-hmm. is interesting because this is never mentioned again. Tiny spoiler for yes. everyone. Um, <laughs> like, yes. um, but it is also the only explanation we have for why Geralt invoked the Law of Surprise. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that it it has not been soft retconned, and we should treat it as a as a thing that remains canon. I would say so too, especially because, I mean, you, we know from the show, Siri is special. There is something about her that is special. Yeah, like so yeah. there, like so you know, my interpretation, I guess, here is like, are we to believe that? Um, there was some old precept, you know, passed down from Witcher generation to Witcher generation, that like, that they have to, when possible, invoke the law of surprise, because one day an actual child of surprise will come to them. It's possible. I mean, if this is Geralt's destiny, and as we have established before, this is a very deterministic universe. The people involved in creating the Witchers may very well have had some sense that one of them would one day be involved in some sort of something really important to the history of humankind yeah. yes yeah yes yeah especially yeah. considering <laughs> that the witchers as a cast were created essentially you know for the singular purpose of ensuring the ability of humankind to live in these lands um yes quite so uh, and since there is uh, this is extremely deter- as, as 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 we say an extremely deterministic universe there's only one fa- one way things could go if you if you get high enough, you can literally look into the future, etc., etc. Um, yes. Like, um, it's not impossible to imagine that. I mean, the people who created the Witchers must have been wielding great amounts of magic to start with, right? So. Yes. So it's it's not entirely impossible to imagine that. Uh, they tied themselves up with with Iflin's prophecy as well. Yes. Exactly. It's yeah, it's not it's not unlikely that one of them had had knew about the prophecies, had a vision, understood that telling them this and telling them to pass it down would be important um even if they didn't get the exact details of why. Yeah. And yeah. Um yeah, so I I agree I had that in my notes and then just sort of spaced on it. But yeah. So then um yes, Geralt wakes up and he realizes he's not in pain anymore and is afraid he's paralyzed because his leg doesn't hurt. But actually, he's been healed. He's being tended by a... to someone. By, to tended to by someone, yeah. Yes, a young woman. A redhead. Yes. Uh, who's using magic. <laughs> um, and so she's, she's giving him... She's giving him... She's giving him potions and she's rubbing salves into his wounds and she's um, magically sutured his legs back together and she says she doesn't take payment from witchers because she considers it <laughs> yeah it's, it's solidarity between tradesmen <laughs> yes yes and affection yeah and from the affection she also says please stop using hallucinogens <laughs> she tells him to stop drugging himself yeah yeah which thanks mom in this case literally because as and all of you who listen to our bonus episode will know she tells this is him Vicenna. yeah her name is Vicenna. And he responds in his head with, I know. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's also established, um, you know, he thinks, you know, oh, don't call me Geralt. That's what v- Vesemir called me. He's like, no, I gave you that name. Um, which is, yeah. Oh, yeah. there's a lot there's, going on in this. There's, there's some interesting stuff in here that's like really feels like direct callbacks to um, Road with No Return. 
Uh, she's described as wearing men's clothing, which is the thing that gets um, Corin in trouble in uh, Road of the Return. Is is someone's been sent to kill Vicenna and attacks him instead because has been told they've been told that she'll be wearing men's clothing. <laughs> um, it's uh, also she says to him, "I was listening to your ravings, Geralt of Rivia," when he's not introduced himself, and that's what she does to Corin too. Is she kind of makes the mistake of reading his mind and then using his name? Yeah, before being told. <laughs> So it's just classic Vicenna all the way through here. <laughs> um, shouldn't I, I'm laughing, but this is this is actually very very sad. Um, so yeah, she yes, so she she's tending to him, and he he knows, and she knows, and they're both spend a minute trying not to say he tries to, to draw out of her basically saying like oh do you know what they do to witchers do you know what they do yeah to their he asks eyes? her yes. to look into his eyes yes do you like my enhanced eyes unusual aren't they do you know Vicenna what is done to a witcher's eyes to improve them do you know it doesn't always work uh, and she tells him to stop it um and and he says um just stop it, Geralt. And yeah, he says, Vesemir gave me that name, Geralt of Rivia. I even learned to imitate a Rivian accent, prob- probably from an inner need to possess a homeland. Uh, Vesemir gave me my name, and Vesemir also revealed yours. Yeah. Unwillingly. Yes, unwillingly. And we never get any closure on why she... Like, he's, he... He's kind of said a few times through this story when talking about his mother that like he doesn't know if he would want answers, but he does want to ask the questions. And he wants to look at her in the daytime and have a conversation. She says, no, you know, go to sleep when you wake up. You'll stop wanting. Why should we look at each other in the sunlight? What will it change? Nothing can now be reversed. Nothing changed. What's the purpose of asking me questions, Geralt? Does knowing that I won't be able to answer give you some kind of perverse pleasure? What will mutual hurt give us? Um, Go to sleep, Geralt. But just between us, Vesemir did not give you that name. Although it doesn't change or reverse anything either. I'd like you to know that. And I think that's just like one little, I don't want to say redeeming, because we don't know why Vicenna did what she did. We don't know why she waltzed into his life and then back out of it. But the show, she doesn't challenge him on saying, Vesemir gave me that name, you don't get to use it. But here she does. She's, you know, she says, no, like, I gave you that name. Like, she didn't abandon him nameless. It's, and I think it, it, yeah. it's just part of the theme of a lot of the stories that you don't always get the closure you want. Um, mm-hmm. And in this I mean, case, it's the, yeah, just this, as much as anything the, this else. Book, this book just constantly refuses to really give you closure on, on an infinite yeah, number on of subjects. anyone's trauma. <laughs> yes. And then she, she puts him to sleep. Yeah. And it, that's it. Oh. Yeah. And that's it. She's gone. He sleeps. Yeah. She says, I was a dream. He's gone. Yep. And he wakes again in Yurga's cart. As they're passing by um, Solden Hill. Yes. Yes. Um, he says something interesting. That 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 Vicenna, she she tended you like a mother. <laughs> also, he, yes. he, he like Ugh. actually Sapa goes all in on the on the um, haha. They're totally related thing here. Like because he also sa- yeah. like Yurga also says that um, like to get all you are visibly made from the same clay as the uh, as the healer over there. <laughs> yes. And of course, for Yurga, he's just trying to say that, you know, I know what people say about witchers and sorcerers in the world isn't all good, but not here. You know, we know better. Um, so, like, he's 
he's just trying to say that like I think witchers are good and I think sorcerers are good and of course this is where he gives Geralt some very upsetting news yeah we learn about the about how much Sodden owns owes to the sorcerers yeah the battle on the hill and the the, the 14 on the hill um yes and so he so sort of lists you can say oh we can list all of the names of those who fell and he gives a list of several of them and gets to Triss and Geralt mm-hmm. kind of flips out and then goes into another yeah, um, he gets past Triss as yes. well. He goes on until like yeah he, yeah, he names a couple others after. Yeah. 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 Is this the first time Triss gets mentioned in the series? Yeah. yeah so well, actually, no. It's the second Trist, one. The first dead. one is very, very briefly in the last wish. Oh right, yeah. She just says something about my friend Triss, right? Just like yeah. offhanded. Yeah. Yeah. No, she isn't, um, she, isn't she. isn't she in the story with the Striga? No. In the show, she is. Oh show, yeah, of course. Is, I'm story. getting my head cannons mixed up. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, but yeah. So he's been told that fourteen, uh, twenty-two sorcerers defended Sodden Hill from the from the Nilf- encroaching Nilfgaardian army, uh, and fourteen of them died. And I think this bit is quite lovely from Yorga here, where he says, you know, he talks about the battle. Whoever could took up a pitchfork or an axe or even a club. All of them fought valiantly, and many fell, but the sorcerers. There's no feat for a soldier to fall, for that is his trade after all, and life is short anyhow. But the sorcerers could have lived as long as they wished, and they didn't waver. Like that. And Geralt is actually has famous. like a little bit of FOMO over here, where he just goes, like. And I was in the north. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And so Geralt is obviously shaken because he hasn't heard from Yennefer in a long time, and now he knows fourteen sorcerers have died, and among them was one of Yennefer's friends. Yeah. The next scene, the next scene, like he climbs the hill, actually. Yeah, he goes yeah. to. Re- th- th- that's yeah, a so... really good, like haunting bit of horror writing. I think this, where he just sort of. Oh, yeah. It's also got a bit of Pratchett about it, you know. <laughs> you know, death comes <laughs> along and is actually quite friendly, and nice, but yes. haunting at the same time. It's, yeah, death is a young blonde-haired, um, woman who's just you know quite pretty but cold. And talks about leading them into the fog and so no one has to be alone yeah um yeah so she's like a psychopomp i guess or a death goddess or something and yeah it's just it's just lovely he's 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 gone up to read the names on the hill on the obelisk the names of the 14 because he's afraid that one of them is yennefer um and he can't he can't make himself look at the 14th name and that's when he's approached by by this figure, who is the this sort of death goddess. Yes, and he asks her whatever. to name the fourteenth, and then the fourteenth, according to this, is uh, is Yen, and then of course he wakes up. Mm-hmm. Well, she doesn't say the name; he does, because he says, "You know, you've taken everything from me. Um, you you've dogged my steps, but you take everyone else and leave me alone." Because um, you've never looked back. Please, you, yeah now you have which is really interesting he is he is looking back for yen and 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 stopping to think about what he's lost and what he should be doing and thinking obviously about siri as well Mm. and um yeah so he's telling her to say the name but she won't and she says to him then speak it he's the one who says yeah yeah um but she sort of disappears into the the mist um and then he wakes up again (laughs) Just stop doing hallucinogens, Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His mum told him uh, to stop doing drugs, and he, he just keeps tripping. <laughs> 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 I 
And then he know. asks yeah. Yurga but... what the 14th name was, and Yurga goes, Yeah, the last one is Joel Grehen of Carrera. Do you, did you just... know him? And Geralt is like, nope. <laughs> it's just some dude. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Geralt and, and, and Yurga get back on their way, and they talk about the law of surprise, basically, and how um, Yurga understands what it means when a witcher asks you to, to give you what you didn't know you had. But um, he he says you're not going to find what you want. My my wife's barren, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've had two children. She can't have any more. Um, but he offers one of them anyway because, like, apparently, witchling <laughs> yes. is a perfectly legitimate career in his life. Yeah, he's <laughs> just like, oh, it's a trade. Well, people think... die in all trades. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's no better or worse than anything. <laughs> I think this is a really interesting um, companion to what Calanthe said about like, there's risk in all things in life. You know, there's disease and war. Yeah. there is selection everywhere. And what Yurga says is um, that protecting people, saving their lives, how do you judge that, good or bad? Those 14 on the hill, uh, you on that there, their bridge, what were you doing, good or bad? And that's what he thinks with witchers, is they, they're saving lives yeah. and protecting people. And that is a noble trade. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yes. And he also says that no one can escape his destiny. So he feels like he's made a promise and that he can't you know, because Geralt's kind of like, ah, oh, never mind, don't worry about it. And Yurga's like, well, no one can escape his destiny. I've made you a promise. Yeah. Um, and then Geralt passes out again. <laughs> yeah. And he dreams of the last time he saw Yaskir, actually. Um, yes. Uh, which was, um, which was yes, on a, a ferry scene. across the Aruga, fleeing from the Nilfgaardians well, to, to the Trying to get on a ferry. Side, yeah. It's very War of the Worlds, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's chaos and dust and 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 war and fear and 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 Dandelion's trying to get to the far bank of the Uruga, but the ferry's for the the army only, so he can't get he can't get on the ferry. And uh, Geralt says, "Well, I'm I'm going, I've got things to do, but I'm going to get you to a ferry no matter what. We're going to go upriver because everybody else is going down." And it's so sweet because Dandelion's afraid he's going to to die, um, and. He, he's trying to tell Geralt, like, because Geralt's kind of acting like this is just a normal war, and, and Dandelion's trying to explain to him, no, this isn't this isn't like a normal war. The peasants can't just go into the forest and hide. They're burning everything. They're searching the forest for people. This, this isn't war like you know it. Um, you, you can't, please, you can't leave me here. And this is so sweet, Geralt responds. You must be insane, Dandelion. Um, you must be insane with fear if you think I could leave you. I was just like, oh, yeah. It's established here that Geralt names every one of his horses Roach. His horses Roach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this one. Yeah, because Dandelion's like, oh, I thought, I thought, um, isn't this? You thought your previous uh, Roach was a bay, and he's like, all of my horses are Roach. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, um, I think it's something nice and revealing about Geralt's character that maybe it's <laughs> one thing he has control over in his life. It's the name of his horses, yes. and it's a source of consistency for him. Um, it's yeah. it's cr- another attempt to create a feeling of home, despite mm. constantly being denied one by life. Yeah, I, I definitely yes. think so. Um, mm-hmm. So Geralt tries to tell Dandelion that you know I'm gonna get you across, but I have to go to Sintra, and that's on this side of the river. And this is where Dandelion has to break the news. The Godlike goes Sintra. There is no Sintra anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, it's been yes, it's been genocided. Yes, so Sintra's been destroyed. This is where we get all of the stuff that's so sort of um, horrifyingly and 
well depicted in the in the show specifically we do get specifically the detail you know the women killed the children the men killed the women and the men fell on their swords which is depicted in yeah gruesome detail in the show and clanthy threw exactly herself from the window yeah um yeah or like clanthy had long from the battlements from the very top they did say dreadful things were done to her body the show did this perfectly and again she she only did that after she was injured basically throwing herself at the Nilfgaardian army after East was killed. It, the show did, depicted this basically perfectly. Yeah, they did a great basically job. Basically word by word, because uh, as it says, in, a, in essence, the city did not defend itself because there was no army left. Um, only mm-hmm. a couple of knights with their families, nobles, and the queen. Yeah, like, they, they barricaded themselves in the castle, um, like, and only one tower defended itself from a prolonged time because it was protected by magic. Yeah, and that was yeah most that. Here's an interesting thing as well. Um, I I thought previously to now that actually nothing confirms that Mausak died in the well well in the TV series it's in the events shortly after the siege of Sintra, but like he but but you know. Regardless, there, the, like, the, I, I thought that there's no confirmation in the books that he died, but this does note that, like, after four days, the Nilfgaardians broke into the, into the tower, right? But he, they didn't find a single living person, like, because yeah. everyone, everyone Nobody had survived killed themselves. Out of those who defended the key. Yeah, either he dies or he mm-hmm. teleports away or something. But I don't think Druids use teleportation, so. Yeah. But he is in the games, so... He is in the games, like... <laughs> so we get one version of him who survives. Yeah, albeit he's called Ermian, because they thought Mausak was a stupid name. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um... And he is a good guy in the games. He's 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 a he's a good boy. Yeah. Albeit a crotchety so, um... boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think suits a, a druid, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, so Dandelion asks... You know, Geralt, if he if he knew Calanthe and you know the little girl Siri, and um, there's this bit that just Geralt asks asks, do you believe in destiny, Dandelion? And um, you know, Dandelion says, why do you ask? And you know, well, yes, do, but do you know that destiny alone is not enough? That something more is necessary? Dandelion says, I don't understand. Rightly and... so, because Geralt is being very confusing. you know you're not the only one but that's how it is something more is needed the problem is that i won't ever find out what because you know thinks and knows he's lost siri and this is the loss that he was dealing with that he knew that his something he realizes now that his something more was siri he was going to go get her and and he's lost her and this is what you know he's dealing with when he asks yurga for the law of surprise and also like you know actually like Despite the fact that I asked that at the beginning, like if you if we factor in that there is some actual lore explanation for why witchers are expected expected to ask for the law of surprise, like you know, obviously he's like very much dealing with his trauma, but like you know that explains why why put in a position where Yurga is setting himself up to say I will ask for I will give you anything you ask for. He's mm-hmm. go- he's like. Ugh, fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
And I mean, the the, the 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 idea that there might be this this thing kind of encoded into the you know into the Witcher culture, uh, as it were, to to ask for the law of surprise will only have compounded his trauma because he asked for it, received it, got a child of surprise, and then lost her. Yeah, yeah. I think this thing that they're all searching for. I think it should be like the last line of this, you know, section where you know he suddenly changes his mind instead of you know going to Sintra. He just says, right, no, get on the horse. We're both going to find a crossing. That's because, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing for me on this side of the river. So he's given in to it, basically. Yeah. So not fuck. Yeah. <laughs> he believes she's dead. Yeah. That's over. I fucked it. Yeah. Um, And then Geralt wakes up and Jurga's arrived home. And he's... We get a he's, happy he's chapter. He's back to his household <laughs> with his his lovely wife and she's so happy to see him Yurga, darling i'm home my darling i've returned it's all very it's 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 joyous and she's lovely and she's happy and he's asking about his sons and she's like oh don't be mad at me i've taken in an orphaned girl um i've always wanted a girl and of course Yurga is now she's worried that he's angry that she's taken this girl in but really he's like oh no oh no you've taken this girl in and fallen in love with her and now she's she's the she's the unexpected yes thing at home <laughs> and so now it's like um, double law of surprise on Siri. yes double law of um, surprise yeah yes oh and this this at the end um and this this is it this whole chapter is like a page and a half um you know you, you know she's she calls she calls up her sons and the girl to come across the farmyard and um and there she is it's it's Siri and she calls out for Geralt. You found me. I knew you would. I always knew you'd find me. Um, you found me, Geralt. I was waiting all this time for so very long. We'll be together now, won't we? We'll be together, won't we? Say it, Geralt, forever. Say it. Like, oh. Yeah. It's just, it's like they said, I'm your destiny. Say it. Am I your destiny? And the last line of the book, you're more than that, Siri. Much more. Oh. Oh. Aha. I just got ASMR from that. <laughs> like, like it's meant to be something more, echoing the title yeah. of the short stories. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a rare happy chapter in a sapic book. Yes. That doesn't yeah. happen very often. And I know, <laughs> and I know, I harp on this all the time. But one of the things in the show and in the books that just made me say, like, this is the series for me is that this this incredibly important moment, this moment where Ciri's destiny is fulfilled and Geralt's destiny is fulfilled and it sets in motion everything for the rest of the series was just because of two decent, kind people acting with decency and kindness without reference to each other or anything else happening in the world. Yurga's wife took in an orphaned girl. Yurga chose to, to save this injured witcher even though he knew he owed him everything yeah well and i started with like uh, yeah geralt choosing to save him as well there was no bigger plan to it they just did it yeah 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 it starts with and geralt also yeah chooses to save yurga i mean yes he's taking payment law of surprise but he does try to originally encourage yurga run away go be safe before even thinking about anything else like it's just people acting decently and being good because that is their instinct, even in this dangerous, frightening, war-torn world. And that is the, the thing that, that fulfills the destiny that sets everything else in motion. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's nice in a fantasy series to not 
have it be self-indulgently horrible <laughs> for the sake of yes. it. Yes. Like, yes, the series does invoke a lot of trauma on Geralt subsequently, but it's not gratuitous. It's... There's an overarching sense of purpose to it. Um, yes. It's not like, you know, as we talk about Red Wedding Misery, where it's just gratuitous misery and all that kind of stuff to be visceral and shocking. It's things happen for a reason. And in this case, people being good has a reason to it. Yes. Oh, I love this story. I think I say this. I'm, I'm, I'm Torn Between Wish is really my favorite out of all the short stories. Um, I mean, it's probably still the last wish, but like, oh, God, this one's this so good. This is just good. a really it's good short got, story. <laughs> It's got everything. It's got really excellent Geralt and Yan content. It's got like a really uplifting ending. It's got so much like backstory uh, of Geralt's life. It's got like it's got Witcher lore. It's got it's got everything. <sighs> um, right with that, that is our show. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time um, for a wrap up episode, or we'll just discuss. Uh, the Sword of Destiny as a collection um, before we move on after that to Blood of Elves. Our music is Medieval Abstraction by Lucas Perny and Miloslav Kolar, which you can find at freemusicarchive.org. And you can find us at as at the Witcher Cast on Twitter and Tumblr, or email us at castapod to your witcher at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.